for DC Legends. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Here are your hosts. Take it away, Hate Mail. Welcome to WRL Broadcast. I am Hate Mail. With me today, we have the Big Mac Attack Burger. What's up? And we have Mr. Zubaz. How are we doing tonight? And we are talking about the new tunes. And before we get into that, we'll just... We just, uh, raids just finished about, what, 30 minutes ago? Roughly. Yeah. Congratulations, Owls, again. Thank surprise, you. Surprise. Um, we thought, we were wondering what Leviathan was going to do this, this, uh, raid. I don't know if they just didn't decide to go full gorilla yet with the merger or if they were, uh, you know, their plan is just to go top 10, but I was surprised we didn't see them hang on the day three or four maybe they just you know still building up we'll see next month day one superstars you know yeah <laughs> yeah it seems, it seems like they must have just been stockpiling energy this time because didn't see them at all after all the noise we were hearing at first <laughs> well it might have just been internal noise i don't remember any of them actually <laughs> chirping so but anyway, we were expecting a little bit of that. But we did see a surprise contender that I didn't pay a lot of attention to last month. And that is, it looks like, and I I don't say this unless I am certain, but our new Hacker Alliance DC Infinity. <laughs> because we don't know anyone in DC Infinity who has any geared player characters, anybody that we've seen, we were talking about before the podcast started, Zubaz, you've... Had a few encounters with them during blitzes. Yeah, I did. I was, um, you know, a couple. Obviously, they've been making the rounds today in terms of, uh, you know, has anybody heard of them? What are they doing? And I went back and typed into some of my chats uh, to see if I had ever encountered anything. And uh, going back to March, um, I had been tracking. This was uh, this was actually before the. Uh, Terra and Stargirl reworks, and so they this they had a all female blitz. It was all Batgirl Harley. That was all that it was right after the Harley rework. And the top two spots in Blitz at the time were players that were not using Starfire or Terra. And I was just like, I don't I don't know how you could function in this Blitz without those two characters. Um, and I eventually passed them. They finished second and third in that Blitz. Um, and, and I think I only beat them just out of sheer volume because uh, it certainly was not on their like gameplay or their characters wow and that's and what makes us firmly believe that they're absolutely hacking is that we when they were being tracked late last night and they were in what eight to tenth place burger you were up later than everyone else yeah we started watching them once they kind of jumped into tenth place um because you're generally watching top 10 most of the time. And then, yeah, they, you know, every hour you just saw them, you know, leapfrogging alliances. And, and, and it wasn't like the other alliances weren't pushing. Like, you could see them doing strong amount of boss hits. And, I mean, and you look at, you know, there's several, you know, times throughout it where, you know, we'll have 20 or more owls on the boss. And, you know, you're, you're looking that and doing the math and you're like, okay, these guys are outpacing us. Um, when we have, you know, 15, 20 guys on here easily and, you know, we all know, you know, obviously how our rosters look and, 
Um, and you start looking at some of their rosters and you're just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, how could they be possibly keeping pace with us? Well, there was one point during, when I was looking at the statistics that I think DG1, who, or I don't know how to pronounce his name is D1G1, whatever. He's been tracking it last month. He sent me a ton of data, which I gave to WB, which they obviously didn't do anything with. Everyone's making a lot more noise. We haven't paid as much attention to it just because we you know, they hadn't contended with first, but that could easily happen. And I feel bad for all the other top 10 alliances because they were outpacing us when we had the majority of our team on for a full hour. And then they just would go to a full stop for four or five hours and then pass two or three alliances when they started going again. Even owls couldn't pull that off. So, I mean, there's just, there's no way. Yeah, they, uh, you have to feel bad for who finishes 11th and 51st. And, yeah. you know, like, that's that's the issue. I, I did see Doombox's alliance finish 51st, so he's... <laughs> <laughs> he usually isn't too uh, worried about hackers for whatever reason. That's just not his shtick, because he doesn't... But this, this time it's personal, so... <laughs> but anyway, so we do... I, I wasn't... I didn't even see who came in 11th. Um... Uh, looks uh, like spiral. Spiral? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been, um, I've been seeing their shares everywhere during this raid. So, yeah, so I feel bad for Spiral because, and hopefully they get removed. There's been a lot of noise. If you're an alliance affected by this, or if you're not and you're listening to this, go ahead and report them in-game. Let's flood customer service. And when, as Burger tells you, this is very smart, when you get the automated response, reply to it. Because there's just, there's no way. So I know the the top ten alliances are are doing this in mass. It's just it's not right. Yeah, for sure. You know it's so shitty because you have people that you know work hard for you know I mean four days. I mean think about I mean over ten percent of the month you're sitting there grinding. You know showing up and I mean it's like you're working a second job for this entire time. And then you have people that just you know blatantly abuse the weaknesses that WB has in their system. And you know, just take take rewards from from hardworking people. It's just it's really it's really crappy. Yeah, it, I want to use more choice words, but I don't know. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it saves me some editing and bleeping. So, <laughs> but we um, we feel for you alliances. We're definitely uh, you know have a vested interest in this. We're tired of. I mean, I'm just tired of hackers as general. But this is this is more blatant than most. There's like there's no. There's no no excuse for it at all. So hopefully WB does the right thing. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on to more exciting topics, and that is the new characters. Before we get into, let's start with Bloodsport because I know you're more excited about King Shark Zubaz. So if you can give us a little bit of the lore backdrop before we get into the gameplay. Yeah, but Bloodsport was an interesting choice. So, so obviously Bloodsport is going to be a big deal in the uh, upcoming movie. Um, already out in Europe, comes out in the United States uh, this week. And uh, it was an interesting choice because Bloodsport, specifically Robert or Bobby Dubois, is a non-factor in, in DC Comics. Um, as far as the background of the movie goes, they had initially brought in Idris Elba, they were planning on having him take over Will Smith's role as uh, Deadshot, and then they decided that the last second, they're like, well, you know, maybe we'll wind up doing something more with this. Maybe Will Smith comes back. Let's give him a different role. But they wanted to keep something similar. 
So they find another gunman, another black gunman that they can just kind of slip Idris Elba into, and that's that's where they wind up with Bloodsport. Bloodsport has extremely few appearances in DC Comics, um, especially the, the the Bobby Dubois version. Um, he comes out. He's he's basically is what their entire bio in DCL says. Uh, he's he's an anti. Uh, he, he's a draft dodger that gets really disillusioned after he has to go to the Vietnam War, and uh, Lex Luthor preys on that. Winds up outfitting him with a whole bunch of weapons, including basically the ability to to just transport any weapon he wants, including some kryptonite needles and stuff that he can shoot at Superman. And then we don't hear from him almost ever again. Um, he winds up getting replaced. There's a new blood sport uh, that happens to be a, a white supremacist. And then the last appearance of both of those blood sports comes in the 90s when they fight each other uh, in prison and Superman is the referee. It's very weird and very 90s. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. He, he's never in Suicide Squad. He never, you know, he, I think total might appear in like five to ten comics. Um, so on top of it already being weird that he makes the movie, I thought it was very strange that DCL winds up picking him um, when they had a, a whole bunch of other villains from the upcoming movie and from Suicide Squad that I thought it would have been a better fit. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, he was a character I knew nothing about. And I, I mean, I'm not super deep in DC lore, but he's just a character that I don't didn't have any experience with at all how about you burger did you know anything about him not at all and the crazy thing is is that you know i have probably i mean i don't know 15 years worth of comics and you know most of like all the major crossovers and everything and when when i saw it saw his part in the new like trailer for the suicide squad movie um yeah i was like okay who's that and had to like look him up just to try to you know figure something out and um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I had never seen or heard of him anywhere. So what about in-game? What are you thinking and how your uh, kind of early thoughts on him? Zubaz, you want you have him too, right? Do you want to go first? I do. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit here, I guess. Um, I, I think his kit is actually really good. Um, I think it's really interesting. It, uh... It does take a little finagling. Um, I think he's he's very slow, and that right now in DCL is just that's like a crippling thing for any two. Um, so so he does need help. Um, but you know, again, like my, I'm always here to kind of compare what they gave him to what he does in the comics. And I think that they did a pretty decent job with it. Um, you know, he's got bleeds and stuns and things that you might think of in terms of different ammunition. Um, they gave him the invisibility and the true sight that kind of makes him a sniper or assassin. So, so all of that works, um, but in a different way than, say, Deadshot Hired Gun or Deadshot Suicide Squad. So, so I, I think that they did a decent job so far. Burger. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, so actually I'm a big fan of his kit. You know, I love um, how there's several things in there that, you know, are kind of triggered at, either at the beginning or, you know, end of his turn. Uh, so I think it adds a little bit new, uh, different dynamic having somebody that does, you know, several of those items. Um, his kit's pretty, 
pretty strong. Um, but yeah, I mean, incredibly slow. Um, he, he does seem to hold up pretty well with, uh, taking a hit. So, um, so that's, so that's a somewhat of a benefit, but yeah, I mean, and, and with how right now everything's all based around speed, um, you know, he, he doesn't really, he doesn't really do a lot of that, but you know, him being able to have invisibility at the beginning and, you know, true sight, like that's, yeah. You know, aspects of can't miss like you know there there are a lot of there is a lot of utility in his kit but um yeah it'll be he does have a tremendous amount of uh hit points uh he's he's at like you know thirty eight thousand basically which puts him up with like like parallax levels basically which is a little crazy for uh just a regular guy but uh sure you know why not what do you guys think of his legendary order for just kind of an early thoughts and i know you haven't used him much yet um so i chose um his four first um to start the fight with invisibility um and most of that is because i wanted to take his three second um or uh and so with that being able to uh purge all debuffs on main target and then, um, and so it, it enables his three um, to go right away, and because it, it can't miss if he's invisible. And so I did his four one, his three two, his five third uh, for fifty percent uh, apply stun at the end of his turn, uh, his two fourth to apply heal immunity, and then his uh, gain hit chance up um, for his one. I took that fifth. What would you say, Zubaz? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think that makes sense to me. I, I I tend to work backwards with these. You know, most people, when they work with a tune that they actually want to use, they'll take them at least L3 or 4. So for me, the, the hit chance up on his basic, I do think, is probably the least important one um, because he gets... Uh, you know, he, he already applies hit chance ups to the team. And if you are dealing with an evasion team, you're probably bringing Terra or somebody like that such that you don't have to rely on that. The only reason you might want to take that earlier is if you are somebody that just rides Lex all the time. And so if you're riding Lex and you want somebody that's going to gain buffs on their basic, then then take that earlier. Um, uh, you know, I think it just depends on your play style, too. So I am also... Um, you know, I'm an RNG guy. Uh, you know, we just finished the Tournament of Legends, and we had to listen to M4 talking about how he's not an RNG guy and he wants certainties in the game. I like rolling the dice, and so for me, the 50% stun at the end of his turn, I, I love that. I'll, you know, I wound up taking that first for now, um, but but I I do think that in terms of if you want the most rational and thought out version, what Berger just said is is I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me, and I like, um, I, I do agree, his one kind of seems pointless, because he's, is invisible almost all the time, and he's, can't, has can't miss if he's invisible, so, not sure why you really need the hit chance ups, other than, like you said, for Lex. The can't miss is just on his three, though. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, he does, I mean, he seems like an interesting character, I like... His kit seems interesting. I don't particularly want to like him because he's another green stunner, and I have so many greens, especially the stun. 
So, but I am intrigued <laughs> by an 80% chance to stun on his basic and a stun at the end of his turn, so he's a character I will probably take up early and experiment with to see if he fits any of my teams well. But that list is long. Well, green. Leads. Uh, that's a that that was the most interesting part to me. The like stacking. Um, I know on the on the Reddit post that Reeves put up, it says up to eight bleeds. In game, it just says apply eight bleeds. So it's not like a roll the dice. You're going to get between one and eight. It just winds up being eight. Um, and it is really really good if you are actually trying to do something with bleeders because not everybody can purge. Eight bleeds. That's you a know, lot of get bleeds. Lot. <laughs> it's specters, wonder girls who can just purge three at the beginning of their turn or whatever. Doesn't matter if you've got eight now. <laughs> yeah, and I would think going into King Shark, that might be useful being able to apply that many. Now let's take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. Become a patron today and get special perks like patron only episodes early reviews, and content based on your requests. Just go to patreon.com forward slash W-R-O-L broadcast. And now back to the show. So let's get on to him. I know you have, Zubaz, if you want to give us the background. Yeah, uh, I mean, Nanawe is somebody that I could talk about like all night. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it short, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, King Shark, he has long been one of my favorites. Uh, I think people in the forums and, and stuff have seen that I, you know, I created a kit for him. I've been asking for him for a long time. Um, he is a character, he, he came in in the 90s. Uh, little known fact, he's actually not the first anthropomorphic shark that uh, DC had as a villain. Uh, if. Some of the old school people might remember that Green Lantern had a villain that was called the Shark, uh, but they are different characters. Um, he he is a, a villain that um, in the beginning I don't think they were planning on doing much with. Uh, he debuts as this Superboy villain, and they just kind of make him they give him a really interesting story for his debut, where he's he's dealing with his mother and the fact that he's the son of the Shark God and all these. You know, is he a mythological deity? What is he? Uh, but they don't really wind up doing anything with him. Um, it's not until he appears in Secret Six uh, by Gail Simone where she gives him, like, a makeover. And she really turned him into something funny and special, uh, where he wasn't just this, like, you know, random Hawaiian shark or just... Uh, brute force kind of guy she she gives him thought and speech and that sort of thing um, and so since then he's evolved a great deal uh, my probably favorite series with him is is actually Aquaman sort of Atlantis um, I'm, a, I'm a major Aquaman fan I don't particularly love that series I think it's extremely confusing uh, where Aquaman is is uh, like a half squid and he's dealing with new Aquaman. Um, but King shark in that particular series is excellent. He serves as a mentor to the new Aquaman and they, he just does really, really cool stuff. Um, new 52, they give him kind of another makeover where he becomes more of a hammerhead instead of a great white, but that's when he starts appearing in suicide squad regularly. Um, and his appearances there are what kind of made him take off such that now he has been in, everything he's in all the movies all the cartoon shows all the video games dcl is one of the last dc video games where he has finally appeared 
Um, but but overall, they have finally kind of across all media made it so that he is the son of a shark god. Uh, he's not a mutant. He's not one of the wild men. He is the son of a shark god, and uh, that's he's he's a shark. That's what he says. <laughs> um. Burger, any uh, lore comments on him? Oh, yeah. I mean, so one of uh, – so I have the comics. Uh, I was really big into when Superboy had, like, his spinoff and when um, – around the same time, I think, Robin had his. I was really big into both of those, and so I have that. And, you know, it actually – like, that was around the time, like, I really started seeing, like, a lot of, like, gory steps. I don't know if you remember. Like, was um, – uh, well, I don't think it was him, but somebody, like uh, – messed with Superboy's girlfriend and, like, put her in a refrigerator or something. Um, and so, you know, so I've been watching him for a while. Then, you know, when he first got in the Suicide Squad um, and then went through and, you know, they were going – I forgot what terrorist organization, but they were going after. But um, you, at the end of it, you end up thinking that he's gone. You know, he bites the guy in half that he's supposed to be protecting, and, you know, they both kind of blow up together. Um, but he doesn't go out and Nemo was the name of that Nemo was the terrorist organization okay yeah so it's so you know I've been that was kind of like his first showing and so it was it was kind of cool and it brings back a lot of memories to a 10 year old burger running around Um, (laughs) but uh, so you know I I think you know to me it kind of seems like they did the character justice with like his kit um, actually, a couple of things look pretty similar to what Zubaz was suggesting at first, um, you know, and, and some of the stuff he did, uh, he kind of posted out there. So, yeah, it seems seems like a pretty true reflection. Yeah, I kind of had the same thoughts that it did follow Zubaz's kit a little bit. I mean, Zubaz, how did you feel that they came pretty close to yours? or? I felt pretty good. I mean, I, I definitely I would not take credit. I, I think in the sense that, the things that I proposed just make sense for the character. Like, I, I don't think that anything that I proposed or that they gave him were kind of like out of left field or anything such that I think, you know, most independent people thinking of a kit for him would probably land in the same vicinity. Um, in terms of, you know, I, my biggest issue, I guess, is we are in an age of Terra and Hal Jordan and things like that where so many people have debuff immunity and being a bleeder is already challenging on its own. So then to not give him any way to purge, whether it's just immunities or purge whatsoever, uh, I think was a little bit of a misfire. I wish that somewhere in his kit, whether it was the AOE or the basic or something that he did just one thing to purge such that, you know, if he is there on his, on his own at the end, or if, if he's not on a team where he, you know, basically you you have to work around him. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of kits people come up with to best utilize him because he's not somebody that's just plug and play and you can insert him on any team and he'll be off to the races. Did kind of strike me as a character that I would think Tootie would like because I uh, one person I do feel like he pairs pretty well with is Talia because she has that purge and a bleed all in one. Right. 
Yeah, I was I was actually talking to Tootie about him earlier because I, I I was having a little bit of fun with him uh, under Rachel Ghoul leader uh, because when you when you pair the two of them together, uh, every single time you do damage, King Shark does his out of turn attack, and then Rachel Ghoul has a seventy five percent chance to do his disease attack. So you just stack them like I mean absolute insanity. Again, the problem being if you can't put down debuffs, then where? how far is that going to take you? <laughs> see, I don't see Terra or Hal that much when I'm playing. Really? Yeah, I mean, because I, I, you know, I'm partial to them because of the stuns so that I typically right. run. And um, I just, I don't, I don't ever see Terra, like ever. Which yeah. surprises me. I thought she would be literally everywhere. Um, yeah, I guess maybe I don't know. Um, I've I've been seeing her a bunch in Wraith, um, which has been a little bit of problematic. Hal certainly seeing him, and then even you know Azrael has his own debuff immunity, such that he winds up being immune to a lot of this stuff. Um, that that uh, that meta team of of Darkseid, Terra, Barda, and Azrael, uh, I see that a whole bunch now too. I do see that a lot. Um, no Terra, I just see I see Darkseid or Lex. Azriel, Black Flash, and usually Arcus. Yeah, that's kind of what I see yeah. over and over and over and over. Um, but as a character in game, when you're playing with him, just your overall opinion, fun factor. Do you think he's viable? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll mention a couple things. One, uh, I think that I love his basic skin more than his legendary skin. Uh, the legendary skin, it looks like he has like a horn on the front of his helmet and it almost makes him look like a rhino, which is pretty weird. Um, legendary skin, I do at least like, this is like a slight little touch that I think some people miss. His loincloth, they specifically designed to look like a shark tooth. Um, I thought that was a really cool thing that the artist did there that, that was pretty successful. But otherwise, you know, if you're not going to rebirth him, pay for the, the skin change because he just looks so much better. Um, in terms of in-game so far, I his out-of-turn attack, I mean, it happens all the time. Um, so the issue is whether or not you can get those empowered strength-ups on him. His basic, regular at like a low power level, is going to do you know between probably about 10,000 damage. Uh, not really going to be doing too much if you can get even just one character to bleed and he gets four empowered strength ups, it immediately multiplies his damage by eight, basically. And I have seen him do an out of turn attack and one shot a blue character no problem. Uh, which is great. You know, it's like that that's the kind of damage that you need. There's there's no limit to the number of empowered strength ups he can stack up. So if their enemies take four turns and all four of them have bled in a row before King Shark's turn, he now has essentially infinite damage, uh, and he can one-shot anybody. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. What do you think of him, Burger? Um, so I, out of the two, uh, I like actually kind of like Bloodsport a little more. Um, but like the big problem, so he is fast. And so that's good. So he does go pretty quickly. And so that, you know, helps with, um, you know, being able to use um, his three and try to put the stun down on somebody. Um, but it, to me, like, he kind of has, like, a glass jaw. It's kind of like the reverse of, 
uh, blood sport. You know, he can't, he doesn't seem to like take a hit very well and, um, and he's fast. And so, you know, I kind of run into where if you can't protect him well, and a lot of the test teams I was doing, I was trying to use multiple siege tunes. Um, and I, I didn't throw him behind Clayface or anybody. So that might actually help him, you know, be a little better. But to me, if you can't protect him, like he has a good chance of going down pretty quickly and then you're not going to really stack the empowered strength ups. Right. Yeah, the, the medium overheal is important for him on his uh, on his legendaries because I agree that he, he does seem to have pretty low HP in general. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing that I, I think is a little bit of a, a misfire as well, they made it so that he only gains these empowered strength ups when the enemies bleed. I think people have been confused about what that means. It's not when they apply bleeds. That does not mean that he's making them bleed. It's when they actually take bleed damage. So the enemy has to get their turn. When they take their turn and they bleed, that's when he gets the empowered strength ups and the medium overheal. The problem then is that built into his kit are that two out of his three moves turn meter down. So he's basically preventing himself from gaining those empowered strength ups, um, which leads to a little bit of a contradiction. I think that there are going to be people that find better use out of King Shark, not as any sort of bleed character, but as a turn meter manipulation character. Yeah, I noticed that in Burger's videos because I was, I was wondering, I, you know, I, was, I didn't see the bleeds, and then I saw him not apply get the strength ups when he applied the bleeds, and I realized it was after. So you, I almost wonder if he'd be good with a character like a Poison Ivy. Which, you know, maybe she'll see a little bit of love or a little bit of light. Or I, um, yeah, so far, my some of his best that I paired him with, um, Aqualad is actually really excellent with him because he will, uh, he will do his out-of-turn attacks, and you do take that basic legendary early so that he is applying two bleeds every time. Aqualad converts those to permanent bleeds better than Black Manta does. Um, and Aqualad can give him a little bit of protection from either retaliations or via damage immunity and that kind of thing. So I have found those two working really well together. Um, other than that, I mean, it's, it's the usual. Red Hood or Cheetah are, are dream leaders for him as well. Yeah, he does, he does yeah, seem like he's fun. Yeah, I had the best success with him with using him with Red Hood and Cheetah. All right. Anything else on these characters you all want to? Did we do the legendary order? Oh yeah, King Shark. What are we thinking for legendary? Um, so I guess I'll go this this one first. Um, but I, I'll do. So for me, um, his his three with the apply stun on main target um, was really big. So I took that first. Um, on his, I took his two second with the 50% turn meter down. Um, I took his apply two bleeds after damage, um, third. Um, and then, uh, I took his five fourth and then his four fifth, uh, the purge three debuffs on King Shark. What were you thinking, Zubaz? Similar or? 
Um, so I, I agree that the four should be last. That purge, I don't think, is, is particularly important. Um, I, I think it really depends on how you're going to use him um, and, and who your, your main roster guys are. So what I mean by that is if you don't use a lot of bleeders, say, uh, but you want to use King Shark, you really need to take his basic first so that he is applying bleeds every time he does an out-of-turn attack. Because um, there is a cooldown on his two. That only applies five bleed once. You know, you want his out-of-turn attack applying the bleeds everywhere all the time. So I actually like his basic uh, pretty early. Um, but again, if you want to use him for turn meter manipulation, that stun and the 50% turn meter down, obviously those are going to be more important. So he's one of those characters, you know, I think back in the old days, people were less concerned with, uh, you know, what the, the overall order was. And I remember we would do things like, here's the order if you're going a defensive build, here's an order for offensive build, that kind of thing. I think he's going to have two different builds depending on if you're going to do a bleed tune or a turn meter tune. Gotcha. What was his five again? His five is the medium overheal. Uh, okay. Which that that it only triggers every time somebody bleeds. Okay, that's right. So <clears throat> I couldn't see it unlocked here. So I can see where you would probably want his four last then, or if you're going to leave one. Yeah, that's just the, the right, right. That's the, the the least useful one in my opinion. All right, so we'll say one or three first, most likely, and then his two would be after those two, and then 5-4. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Alright, and then um, just a quick touch on, because we'll have separate episodes, what are y'all thoughts on the reworks? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think everybody has said everything that needs to be said about Spectre at this point. Yeah, he's uh, just you know. absolute. <laughs> well, we, didn't ha we haven't had an episode on him, so I'll just say that he is insane. Like, yeah, without question, S tier. Right. I, I will say briefly that I just I appreciate that they have finally given Spectre uh, a kit that matches Spectre in the comics, basically, uh, which is that he is extremely overpowered and and basically omnipotent and can change the entire course of a match for you. Yeah. Then, oh yeah, no, I, I love him. Like I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take him RB4 the minute I can. So he's uh, he's great. And Stargirl no slouch. Uh, Stargirl is also really really good. You can throw her on a team with with like Lex and basically be fine forever. Uh, she is just gonna get wildly overshadowed by Spectre this month. Oh yeah, no, I, I love her too. Um. Yeah, the, with the 75% shield and everything, that's, I mean, it's such a great move. Yeah. And I, it's funny, because I was playing Siege before we got on here, and I decided to buy today. I wasn't planning on buying this month, and then I had an absurdly good run um, against the bots board. And <laughs> I used Stargirl, I think, in every, almost every single match, and I was really surprised at how well she did. That 75% shield is extremely overlooked oh, yeah it's massive and it's a two-turn crit immunity too which is like that's going to be really important for keeping some of these other characters alive 
Um, I mean, don't be fooled, you know, like a lot of the bot tunes are specifically strength up tunes, so Stargirl will help you more against them. Yeah. Uh, but I do think she's going to be, be pretty good for a lot of people going forward. Yeah, she's, they did a good job for her. She's probably not a character, I mean, you're not going to bring her in every match, but if you like Stargirl and you want to use her, she's so much better than she was. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, I guess we will wrap it up here. I have to go back to work tomorrow after having over a week off, which is always painful, which I'll include some of the Utah pictures that I did Utah for a week. If you haven't been to Utah, highly underrated state, so much to do there. I mean, just so much. Granted, I'm from Florida, so it's like a different world, but those Bonneville Salt Flats were one of the coolest places I think I've ever been. When does the uh, WROL state tier list come out? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I know how much you love tier lists, so maybe I'll. I, I might have to do one. <laughs> but uh, Utah early projections: B, high A, low A. I would I would give Utah an A. I mean, they just the amount of wow. parks. Okay. Yeah, the, the amount of parks that they have, and Salt Lake City, which is you know their only big city, is one of the cleanest cities I've ever been to. Like it was oh, wow. really yeah. nice city. Like I was surprised. I never. I'd been to Zion in kind of the southwestern section. I haven't done um, Bryce Canyon or Moab yet, but I've done pretty much the rest of Utah now, and it's it's only, the only time I've ever gone to Utah to just go to Utah. We stayed in Park City from some Marriott vacation thing that we had to cancel last year, and Utah was on the list, and we had to use it by the end of August. So I was trying to think of a place that wasn't boiling hot and all the beaches were taken. Nice. So, But I'm glad we picked it. It was It was definitely worth it. Good deal. So we will end it there. Thanks, guys, as always. And until next time. I was watching some guy's stream with a dinosaur on it, trying to get advice on how to beat a hard team. And he just kept yelling at me because I wasn't gear 11. You know where you can get great advice without being lectured for not gearing your characters? By becoming a Patreon. It's Cheetalicious. Become a Patreon today and get special perks like Patreon-only episodes, early reviews, and content based on your requests. Just go to patreon.com forward slash W-R-O-L-Broadcast.